0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to my podcast show. Yes, the Becca Sweet Show. And today on my podcast, I'm going to be talking about the wonderful, talented, and not forgotten Gia Karanji. The supermodel. A lot of you may have heard of Gia Carangi. I don't know if you heard of her or not. She was a late '70s and early '80s model, and she died of AIDS. Yes, and I believe she died of AIDS from. Um, bad needles. Um, you know how they, uh, drug addicts inject themselves with needles, but she died. Okay. And may God rest her soul. And I used to know when I first came to New York, I used to know her uncle. Um, his name was, uh, Joe, I believe he was a photographer and honestly to save my life, <laughs> um, um, I used to know a whole lot. And then I met another guy that uh worked with Gia and um he was a photographer, um Jeffrey Sella, I believe, or Seller. Um and yeah, he did a lot of um Gia projects. Um yeah, and so I remember them um telling me about uh Gia. And how she was a wonderful and loving person. But drugs, drugs overtook her life, okay? Now, Gia, before I really get into it, growing up, um, Gia did not, you know, grow up in poverty or grew up, um, you know, uh, in a bad neighborhood. Actually, she grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And at the age of 18, she was discovered, okay, uh, for modeling. And I believe it was a photographer and someone through uh, Wilhelmina Agency here in New York City. So I believe, you know, the downfall of Gia because her childhood was not really great. Um, Her parents fought all the time. And I believe they got a divorce when she was around eight or nine years old, somewhere in there. And she does have uh, two siblings, uh, two brothers. And I believe her mother's still living. I'm not sure about her father. But you know, she grew up in a household where they constantly, constantly, you know, fight. You know, they constantly fight. They constantly, um, her parents, not her, but her mom and dad, you know, they didn't get along. They constantly fight, you know, back and forth, you know. And, of course, everyone knows that that could really damage a child when two parents are fighting and, you know, or uh, one has to go and live with the other parent. Um, because I know they said that she bounced back and forth between her, uh, mom and dad. So, and she grew up with, you know, wanting to be loved, uh, wanting attention. Um, and also a lot of people, if they don't know about Gia, the supermodel, Gia was a lesbian. Okay. Um, I always thought that she was bisexual. Um, Because, of course, me being a model, ever since the age of 18, um, you know, I know the supermodels from Beverly Johnson to uh, Christy uh, Blinkley, I believe I said that correctly, Cindy Crawford, Naomi Campbell, you name it, and etc. So Gia uh, Karangi was one of them that I heard about and studied and knew of. Um and a lot of people they would say her name is um some people say Corangi Car- Corangi but I believe it's Karanji because um she's Italian but she's also mixed up as well. I believe she has German in her as well. And if you look at her, Google her, she was so beautiful, ravishing. She had a great body Um, I even saw, like, documentaries of her with her talking. She had a beautiful um, voice. But because of the drug abuse, um, that took that away. Her speech became slurred, you know. And they said that's because um, the drugs, uh, you know, had her speech uh, messed up. But let me start off by saying this. She got discovered, I believe, at the age of 18. Um And, of course, we're brought, brought to Wilhelmina. And Wilhelmina Cooper, okay, that's her name, Wilhelmina Cooper. And the agency's still going on in New York City here. Uh They got one in Philadelphia. I mean, it's like a franchise, basically. Wilhelmina is like a franchise. Um I did model for Wilhelmina in Miami, Florida, okay, I got a lot of work there. I did a lot of bikini. I did a lot of swimsuit, um, and I used to model for Venus Swimwear, and I was through Wilhelmina in Florida. Um, I did a couple other fashion shows, and it, it was it was great. It, it really was. I had the beach life on the beach, and you know all that good stuff. <laughs> but um, yeah, so um, so with Gia. Um, she would discover at age 18. And Wilhelmina Cooper loved her from the jump start. Like, she said, this is the it girl. And right away, okay, she started in New York City. Here in New York City, she started booking work like crazy. I mean, her career took off. It soared. She started booking work. Um, it, it basically, because Wilhelmina was like... Pushing her career, like pushing her, you know. Um, well, Amina was like, this is the it girl. This is the girl. This is the one I'm going to put out front. And Gia, by the way, like I said early on, she was very loving. And people say when you met her, and even I remember her uncle and the photographer was telling me, when you met her, you just wanted to love her. Like, you could trust her, you know. Uh, and this was honestly before the drugs. Like, when she got on drugs, like, she became a different person. She was not the, um, the person, um, you know, um, that she was when Wilhelmina. Well, Wilhelmina was dead, by the way, by the time she got to the point of no return. Wilhelmina passed away. And I believe she died of cancer. God rest her soul. But Gia had this um personality where you know she like crazy blew up like you know rah, you know um and and it was the drugs, and it got to the point where no one really wanted to work with her, you know people said you know she show up late, you know she um uh uh she talked to them any kind of way, she was rude even photographer friends of hers said they didn't know her no more. Um, Beverly Johnson, one of these supermodels, one of the top supermodels said that, um, you know, she didn't know her anymore. Like everybody was just like, what's going on with Gia? You know, why is Gia this way? You know, um, what, what happened to her? Uh, you know, um, that sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, it's really sad and people think, which I'm going to talk on my next podcast about. People think that you know modeling is glamour. It is glamour, but there's also a dark side to it, okay? There is a dark side to it, and there is a glamour side to it, right? So what you see in the magazines, what you see on television, what you see on the internet, what you see, it's not all what is cracked up. As the old expression they say. It's not cracked up to what you think it is. It's not. It's more behind the glass. Okay. It's more behind the scene. Okay. It's more behind the scene. And everything that you think is. It really is not. I mean it's not. You know what you see. You're like oh wow they're so lucky. You know oh my god. Like look at them. And I remember, like, when even I got Marie Claire or the jobs that I've gotten and had and, and, you know, still getting. People are like, oh, wow, you did an energy drink. So, I'm like, yeah, I got paid that. And, the, you know, they think, like, you're getting paid like a million dollars. A lot of people think, you know, oh. But, I mean, Gia, Gia Karangi. I'm, I'm just going to say Gia from here on out, okay? So, Gia... Um, she was making a hundred thousand dollars a year. I mean, back in the late 70s, early 80s, a hundred thousand dollars a year that's pretty good. I mean, s- some supermodels and models they can make a million a year. It depends on well, Victoria's Secret. Um, and then there's also the downside of that, you know. Um, but of, of Victoria's Secret, um, and it's all coming out now. Um, you could just Google it and find it. So, um, Gia Marie Karenji was an American model, considered by many to be the, you know, the very first supermodel. And she was featured on cover of magazines. I mean, the the magazines, uh, I remember seeing her on, it was like uh, multiple editions of Vogue and Cosmopolitan, (laughs) excuse me. Um, and she appeared, she appeared in advertising campaigns for such fashion houses as Armani, Christian Dior, Versace, Yves Saint Laurent. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And Gio was born January 29, 1960, in Philadelphia, PA. And she died November the eighteenth, nineteen 1986, in Philadelphia, PA. And I believe she was about five eight. Ooh, that's my height. Well, actually, I'm like five seven and a half. Okay, but on my composite card, they they put five nine. <laughs> but I'm I'm like five seven and a half. And uh, they they were like no heels without heels because they measure you and everything. Um and movies. Um I believe she. Uh, uh I don't know. She was in movies, but um. There was one someone was telling me about that was listed, the self-destruction of Gia. I believe that was where, um, after she did the 2020 um special about models... And, of course, the world at that time, I mean, I was a born you, but the world at that time, they knew that, you know, she was, um, you know, doing drugs and all this stuff. And her mother uh, name is Catherine Karanji and her father name is Joseph Karanji. And her siblings named Michael and Joe. Okay, so like I said early on in the podcast, I remember um, her brothers talking about, you know, growing up with her. And, you know, uh, how the way she was a great sister. And, you know, her father also was a business owner. Um, He had a hoagie shop in Philadelphia. I believe they said he had two um and it was successful. Like where you go get your Philly cheese steaks, you know. So Jill was like this tomboy growing up. Like she, and and they said she had no boundaries whatsoever at all. Like um, you know she had no boundaries. You know she take her clothes off. Um, you know she would have sex with like. Two or three people at a time. Male or female. Um, she loved her body. Okay I mean I love my body. I have a great body. But you know. <laughs> I never did orgy before. But I mean Gia. They said that she was just. Sex was just no rule to her. Like. She was straight up. Lesbian. And and I, I wouldn't say that. She was uh, like. Straight up lesbian. Because to be honest with you. Gia was bisexual, okay? When they say, oh, she was a lesbian, I'm like, no, 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 no. She liked male and female because she fell in love with her um, makeup artist and hairstylist, Sandy. I'm sorry, I forgot her last name. But she was in love with her, you know, and, and she wanted a relationship with her, but Sandy had a boyfriend. Sandy was in a serious relationship, and Sandy said, I was not gay. She said, "I, I, you know... We, me and Gia went to dinner and you know we talked and I was there for her when she needed me but she says you know on top of that you know I'm I'm not gay and I told her I, I don't do girls you know as in do do okay as in sex sex so Gia you know she was like oh I want to be with Sandy and I love Sandy you know and Sandy's like no 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 no. uh uh-uh. <laughs> I'm not that um so, yeah, I mean, um, it's really sad what happened to her. You know, a supermodel, you know, nice linky legs, nice bust, you know, nice chest. So, yeah, like I said, she was born in Philadelphia, and she was the third to the youngest child of Joseph Karangi and her mother Kathleen. And as I say, he was a restaurant owner, okay, and her mother was a homemaker. And, you know, her father was Italian. And her mother, I believe, I, was Irish and Welsh, Welsh um, descent, I, I believe. Um, and, you know, they fought, like I said early on, all the way up until Gia's mother moved out. And, um, it, it, and, it, and it really put a strain on Gia's growing up you know um, and then you know and, and like they said you know um, she was very needy and in a way a little bit controlling so I mean in high school I believe she attended Abraham Lincoln High School and she bonded with the Boy kids I mean these kids they were a group I remember looking at in a documentary where they were so obsessed with David Bowie and they were big David Boy fans and uh, I don't know. Um, but David Boyd was married to Iman, uh, until he died and they have a beautiful daughter together. Um, I do follow her on social media, uh, David Boyd's daughter with Iman and she's a beautiful girl and lovely girl inside and out. Um, and so, um, it, it, a lot of people have said that David Boyd was bisexual or gay. I don't know. why. I mean, I don't know. But, like they said, because, you know, he wore the makeup. And he had, like, the high heels. And he had the glamour. So, um, yeah. I mean, Gia felt, like, right in there. Okay? Um, and, um, she was also, like, a tomboy, you know, uh she was relaxed and open and fun and just very sexual, um, you know. And her career it, it began in, like I said, late '70s, early '80s. Um, she moved to New York, I believe, age 17 or 18, and she signed with Me, the models. And her first major shoot was published in October 1978. Wow was a top fashion photographer Chris Vaughn and a lot of you say his name is Wagenheim but you can look it up <laughs> who had her post-nude and it was a uh, fence and and um if you watch the movie Gia where Angelina Jolie played her you can see the sexy scene where Angelina Jolie's behind the fence I also seen Gia pictures like in her uncle house Uh, where he would shoot us models um, because he had a real big farmhouse out in PA and and I went out there with a chaperone and it was really nice. And oh my God, this was like when I was like 22 years old. So it was so long ago. I just remember he loved the color red, her uncle. um, You know, um, uh, he loved the color red and he had like these uh, paintings and things of her. So the uh, makeup artist was Sandy uh, Linter, and, um, you know, immediately, like I said, Gia became infatuated with her, and, you know, the relationship never became stable, and it's like Sandy said, well, how can you have a um, stable relationship with a girl like Gia? And, of course, you know, like she said, I'm, you know, I've never been with a girl. I, I love men, so I didn't know what to do with that. But all, all I could do was just love her because, you know, I, you know, felt bad for her, you know. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, she had friends, uh, Francesco Scavullo. Um, she had all these big photographers, you know, that would shoot her and she'd be on the cover of these magazines. And then I believe they said 1980 to 81, her drug use and career declined. And where she would love to go and hang out and have sex and have fun would be Studio 54. Um, and that's where she goes because you know they had the cocaine. Um, if a lot of you uh watch and heard of Studio 54, um, you know, this is where they hang out, you know, and and they will have sex free. And I mean, they they they're saying this is how the AIDS came about, uh, because Studio 54 was also, I believe, became popular in the late 70s and then. Of course, the owners went to jail for tax invasion, I believe that's how it goes. And, um, you know, it, it, it was a place where they have fun, everybody bouncing, everybody dancing, everybody having a good time. Um, and Gio was a part of that crowd with um, all of the um, big, you know, um, people in the industry. And I believe Wilhelmina I mean, Cooper. She died of lung cancer in March of 1980. And I mean, it really devastated Gia. It really did. She began using drugs a lot more and developed an addiction to heroin. And her addiction soon began to, you know, affect her work. She had a violent temper, as I mentioned. Tantrums, walk out of photo shoots to buy drugs. I saw that in the movie Angelina Jolie, you know. Yeah, Angelina Jolie had this beautiful red dress on. And as playing Gia, of course, in the movie. And the the, um, the photographer assistant said, now I know you're not going to throw up in that dress. She's like, I know you're not going to throw up in that dress. And and you know, Gia was just like I need to go get drugs. I, I you know, go down and find so and so. I mean, it it was just it was just really sad. Um, you know, and um her photographer friend, uh, you know, uh Francesco or uh, Francesca how you say we recall a fashion shoot with Gia in the Caribbean when, you know, she started crying, she could find her drugs. And, you know, like he said, it literally had to lay her down on the bed until she fell asleep. And during one of the final location shoots for American Vogue, Gia had red bumps in the crooks of her elbows where she injected the needle, you know. It was starting to show. And like they say, for her just to get high, for her to come alive, she was just like... Literally, basically, she object, she'll inject the needle anywhere because, you know, she needed to get high, you know, and she needed to get high, you know, so anywhere that needle to go and her arm, elbow, it it went there. So, um, in November 1980, uh, Gia left Wilhelmina Models and signed with Ford Models, but she would drop, dropped excuse me, within weeks, and by then her career was in a sleep decline. Molly often assumed seats and her fashion industry friends, including Sandy Linter. Her makeup artist refused to speak to her. Featuring their association with her harmed their careers in an attempt to quit using drugs. She moved back to Philadelphia with her mother and stepfather in February 1981. And Gia um, underwent a 21-day detox program, but her um, sobriety was short-lived. She was arrested in March 1981 after she drove into a fence in a suburban neighborhood. And I mean, her career just went down and down and down. And after a chase with the police, she was taken into custody where it was later determined she was under the influence of alcohol and cocaine after her release. And Gia briefly signed with a new agency, Legends, and worked mainly in Europe. But there was just no comeback. I mean, everybody knew, the world knew at that time... They knew how you know she was coming along, how the way she ruined this, and I and and you know they said that um she got a job in Philadelphia at the mall, you know at, at a jeans store, and when she was in rehab, she was telling everybody you know oh I'm a fashion model, you know because she dropped weight at the time because she was real busty, beautiful body, busty curvy. And um, she was telling um, the girls that was in her group, you know, I was on the cover of Vogue and I was on the cover of Cosmo, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you just pulling our leg." No, you was not. And then so they said that uh, she said, "Well, this month I'm, you know, I'm going to be on so and so," or I think it was like a month ago or so. It was something like that. So they all went. To and they said to the library so and they looked it up and they're like, oh my God, this girl must tell the truth. And they were like, you know how beautiful you are and look at you now, like what's wrong with you? Like they said girls that was in rehab was cleaning up their lives and you know, they've been there for a while and they're telling her like, you made all this money, you had these uh, fancy cars, you had this success, what happened? you know so she couldn't really say anything and i mean like a lot of people said you know they felt bad for her you know they really did because this was a woman that was on top of the world that was making so much money you know a lot of money and um you know it it, it, it it fell. And I mean, with today, now in time, a lot of people may say... Well, $100,000 is nothing a year. Okay, yeah, true. But at that time, and at her age, it was. And she died very young. You know, from AIDS. Complication of AIDS, I believe. And this song by Madonna called Live to Tell... It's, in a way kind of reminds me of Gia because the music and just what Madonna is saying and singing it, it, it just sounds that way to me you know so um you know Gia she really tried to make a comeback uh I believe they said the year was 1981 1983 and, um, although she was still using drugs, she was determined to make a comeback in the fashion industry, and she signed to elite model management. And, you know, some clients refused to work with her, and others, um, were willing to hire her because of her past status as a top model. But her photographer friend, um, Francesco Foscuvio, excuse me if slaying his name, <laughs> um f- photographed her in april 1982 cover of cosmetology her last cover appearance uh for the american magazine and sean of uh, um he's a photographer at brines and she flew a long time assistant later said what she was doing to herself finally became apparent in her pictures and you can see the changes in her beauty because like they said, in her eyes, it wasn't there anymore. And if you look at Gio pictures from um, when she was um, starting out with Wilhelmina at 17 and 18, you can see the laughter, and you can see the glow in her eyes, the stars in her eyes. And... When she shot her last cover for Cosmo, I'm going to say Cosmo, because that's how we say it in the South, we say Cosmo, you could see that it was just gone out of her. Like, the, the fun, the excitement, the glow, everything, the life in her eyes was just gone. Like, it wasn't there anymore. It was totally gone. Um... And so, you know, she mainly worked with photographer Albert Watson and found work modeling for department stores and catalogs. And she also appeared in the advertising campaigns for Versace, shot by Richard A. A. Dunn. And he hired her for the fashion house next campaign. But during the photo shoot in the late 1982, Karangi became uncomfortable and left before a useful shot of her was taken. And around this time, you know, Gia enrolled in the outpatient methadone program, but soon began using heroin again. Because I believe, um, I read somewhere where she, in Philadelphia, she went back to a lover, which was a female. And, uh, the lover, uh, was also using drugs of, from what the person said at that time. So, if you got two drug addicts or two alcoholics, then one ain't going to get better with the other one. You know what I mean? It's like one got to keep the habit, and the other one got to try to keep the habit. Or one got to be clean, don't do that, and the other one try to, you, you know what I'm saying? Um. So, um, by the end of 1982, she only had a few clients that were willing to hire her. Oh, my God. I mean, if you just look at, the timeline and look at the career I mean it just went down 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 you know it just went down down and I and I really feel that you know she was just too young because I mean I remember my my first excuse me my first modeling gig at 18 and honestly I can barely remember it Okay, I barely remember it. Um, you just have everyone in your ear telling you, you know, you're beautiful. You're great looking. You're going to be successful. You're going to make a lot of money. Um, this is where you belong. This is your time to shine. Um, this is, you know, what you need to do. You, you know, you, you have people, you know, saying that to you, you know, over and over again. And, I mean, she was constantly sent home for her use of drugs. Um, And she left New York in, uh, I believe, early 1983. And as she spent most of her modeling earnings on drugs, okay. Because I remember looking at a documentary on Rick James, alright. And, thank God, I don't do drugs. I stay away from that but I remember seeing Rick James say that he had a cocaine addiction and at the time Rick James was on top of the charts and Rick James was making massive money he was touring you know he had record sales videos you name it on magazines from Rolling Stone all these different covers and he said his drug addiction got so bad. He was going broke. But, you know, Super Freak. And, um... um I can't think of... Uh, Mary Jane. Okay. Uh, it was like world royalty money. It was like, you know... Um, money that keeps coming in. You know. So, he... To be honest with you, I mean... He, I, don't, I don't think he could ever really go broke. Because... Those songs were just kept making money. And, and every time someone told me in the industry that your song get played, you get a check. Uh, you in a big movie, you got a, a big speaking role, you get a check. I think it's called um, residual income or something like that. Excuse me if I'm wrong. So, Rick James, I like he said, he laughed about it. In the documentary he said I never could go broke because I was making money but he was spending so much money on drugs so you think about Gia here it is she's making a hundred thousand dollars a year and at this time as I'm going down her timeline okay and telling you her story Gia don't have any money left I mean she died broke okay she, she don't have any money left because her drug addiction is taking away the money that she's making okay and i heard that drugs can be very expensive and i don't you know laugh say what you want to say i don't even know how much pot costs marijuana (laughs) i don't even know how much cocaine costs okay i don't know how much heroin costs because i don't hang around people that do that and i do not do drugs period whatsoever So, honestly, I don't know how much things cost, all right? Um, So, you know, she spent her final three years of her life with um, various lovers, friends, and family members in Philadelphia and Atlantic City. And she was admitted to um, an intensive drug treatment program in Eagleville Hospital in December 1984 and after her treatment she got a job in a clothing store as I mentioned I believe and she eventually quit um, and she later found employment as a checkout clerk and then worked in the cafeteria of a nursing home by 1985 and she had begun using drugs um, and she was engaging in sex work in Atlantic City now you stop and you think for a second, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, stop and think for a second. How sad is this story? We see stories like this from Dana Plato, the girl that played um, Kimberly Drummond, I believe, on Different Strokes. We hear stories like this from because um, I watch a lot of documentaries. I'm way younger than these people. But Dana Plato is dead. God or so, But you look at stories like. I think Left Garrett. He was a real big musician. And he got on drugs and went downhill. Um, you look at Corey Hayne, You know a big actor. But he had issues because he was sexually abused. While he was a Hollywood star. And you look at all. Of these. Um, you know musicians, and actors, and models, and you think, at one point in time, they were on top of the world, they had so much success, excuse me, so much glamour, so much success, that it was just like, unbelievable, okay, I mean, you think about it. And, and, and just me telling you what they have said about Gia working in a nursing home as a checkout girl, working in the mall in a clothing jeans store. I remember in the movie Gio with Angelina Jolie, her folding the jeans and, you know, people pointing to her. Because they're like, that's the girl that was on the magazine, you know, not so long ago. You know, and you and you think about how sad that is. I mean, that is like really sad, you know, so sad. I mean, here it is, like, I when I just like really google her images and when I look at her I'm just I can't even put into words to you all or you like how I just I look at her and I'm just like wow I mean look how amazing she looked um and then there was a mug shot of her because when you know she went back to um She went back to uh, PA, where she's from, to try to get her life together again before her death. You know, it was like um, she took her sports car and and, um, I think she was driving crazy like over miles, mileage, and um, over the speed limit, sorry, (laughs) over the speed limit. And she got arrested and her mugshot looked nothing, I mean nothing like herself And Gia didn't need makeup. I mean, she was beautiful without makeup. She did not need it at all. No, I mean, makeup, she didn't really need it. Not at all. And when you look at a mugshot, you're like, okay, she don't really need makeup there. But it was just like her photographer friends and her modeling friends like uh, Beverly Johnson. And Beverly Johnson was the supermodel. And to me, still is. I mean, even though they say, oh, Cindy Crawford used to be a supermodel. Well, they still are to me. Um, Nothing like the 90s, right? Those were real supermodels, real models. But, yeah, I mean, everybody say the life in her eyes went out. Because all of the drug abuse, the drug use, you know, the needle tracks. I mean, every. It, it it just... The the glamour and the glow... As I mentioned earlier... That she had... In her... Um, well, I would say... Teenage years... Like I said... Because she started modeling... 17, 18... Somewhere around there... It was just gone... It was lost in her eyes... You know... It was just gone... I mean... It's so sad... You know... And... Um, so... I believe December 1985, Gia was submitted to um, Ward Minister General Hospital in Pennsylvania. Um, And I I believe um, at first she had pneumonia because that was the thing. Like, if you had pneumonia, for some reason it comes out, I I don't know how to say it, but like ECE. They were like, oh, you know, he had pneumonia, but I guess when they ran tests or whatever they did, like here with Gia, they found out, you know, she had pneumonia. The same thing with the guy Fred Mercury, uh, from the group Queen. Um, so a few days later she was diagnosed with AIDS and related complex, you know. And in the fall in the fall of 1986, Karanji was hospitalized again after being found on the street, badly beaten and raped. And now, you think about it. At that time, AIDS was at high, you know, because I believe it came out in 1981. They didn't know how to keep it underneath so many deaths. Because like they said, when AIDS came about, people were just dropping dead. And they didn't know what to do. I guess it's the same thing now, like with this virus. Um, before they found a vaccine vaccine. For the big C. I'm not going to say the word. The big C. Um, You know. They couldn't get it. um, However you say it. They couldn't get it. They couldn't get it underway. Like under control. So that's what I want to say. They couldn't get AIDS. The AIDS virus at the time. They couldn't get it under control. So yeah. I mean. And it was really um, horrible, you know, at that time, um, because like they said, um, when Gia was sick and she was diagnosed with AIDS, her, um, you know, mom was like, no, 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 no. You know, I I don't want her in the house. Um, Her stepdad don't want her in the house. And her brother, one of her brothers was like, mom, that's your daughter. That's my sister. And she goes, no, 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 because at that time, from what I heard and read about people that had AIDS um, at that time and died, God rest their soul, um, people were scared to eat from them. They were scared to, um, you know, a fork or a spoon and that sort of thing like that because people didn't know if they can catch the AIDS virus, you know, just by drinking from someone's cup you know, or, um, using the same, you know, utensil someone used, um, you know, and even though the utensil is washed, they're like, oh, no, no, because so-and-so has AIDS, so a lot of people were scared, you know, they were, um, yeah, but I mean, going back to when she was found on the street and beaten and raped, she was, um, you know, from what I understood from the movie with um, Angeline Jolie, played as Gia, she was going to go buy more drugs, Heron, I believe. And so these junkies, which were true, okay, if you ever saw the movie or you watched it or gonna watch it, um, she had, um, it, you know, she gave the guy the money. However, she got the money. She got the money. And the guy's like, hey, you that hot supermodel. Oh, yeah. Come on. Let's let's da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, I want me some. I want me some of that. And then she was like trying to fight them off. Like, get off of me. 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 And, yeah. I mean, that's how it pretty much came about. Her being raped. And they beat her, too. Like, I mean, it's not just... It's just crazy. Um, they beat her and then she ended up back in the hospital. And then on October the um, 18th, I believe, she was admitted to um, Hanman University Hospital. And Jia um, Karanji died in the hospital of AIDS-related complications one, one month later on November the 18th, 1986 at the age of 26 becoming one of the first famous women to die of the disease. Her funeral was held on November the 23rd at a small funeral home in Philadelphia. No one from the fashion world attended. I mean, that's sad. Wow. Huh, that's really sad. However, weeks later, Francisco Cerulo Kar- Karanji's friend and Cout sent a last card when he heard the news and I mean you know I remember Beverly Johnson when I look at a documentary on her Beverly Johnson said they didn't know that she died I mean it was it was a minute before they knew she passed away um because, because Gia was like this. Those of you who have read about her know who I'm talking about. Some people are like, I never heard of her. Wow, this is going to be interesting to listen to. I'm like, yeah. Gia was like this. Gia would pop up and pop out. Okay. Um, Gia would appear, then vanish. Okay. Like they said, at one point, she just vanished from the covers. Evolve, Cosmo, you name it she vanished and then there she was again Um, she would go to a photo shoot and then she would leave the photo shoot and then she would come back to the photo shoot so a lot of these people in the fashion industry they took it as okay no one heard from Gia or Karanji she's alright you know she's out doing her thing making bad choices you know probably her sports car speeding arrested again, shrunk out on drugs somewhere um just who, who knows but she'll she'll appear she'll show up and friends of hers that grew up with her and knew her brother and her brothers and her they said that it was really shell shock shocking when she passed because they were like wow and if you think about it it's really sad because no one attended her funeral, like in the fashion industry like they didn't even know she did I mean that's sad if you think about it that's really sad it's really sad so Gia is often considered to be the first supermodel although that title has been applied to others including um, Hemingway, um, Audrey Munson, um, you name it. Twiggy, um, Janice and Janice Dickinson, because Janice Dickinson said she was the first supermodel, from what I remember. But everybody's saying it was Gia. But Janice says her. Okay, Janice Dickinson still living and kicking. She was a great model, had awesome looks. But hey, if Janice believes that, that's her belief cindy crawford one of my favorites naomi campbell who rose to prominence the year of um but naomi campbell came out after you know gia's death but cindy crawford then most likely came out and i think tweeted was before but you know karaji um was referred to as baby gia due to resemblance of um I mean, it was Cindy, sorry, it was Cindy Crawford, uh, baby Gia, due to her resemblance. Thank God, Cindy Crawford, like, you know, held it together all them years, and she's still a great gal. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's really sad. And you know, like they said, everyone at one point really looked up to Gia, and this was before the drugs. Like, this was before she got out of control um it's like my friend Michael Alec that passed away last year uh Christmas Day um they say that's when they found him dead I mean he could have died Christmas Eve and he overdosed I believe um and Michael Alec was a um the boss of the club kids I mean you know, it's just really sad because I looked at so many documentaries on him before I met him and after I knew him and then after his death, before drugs, Michael was making money. Michael had it together. I mean, Michael would look at the other club kids and be like, why are you doing drugs? And then he just, I don't know. I, I think, um, I remember rest so soul. talk about him for a brief minute. I'm going to sum everything up. But Michael, I remember him telling me that, you know, him and Kiyoki was having problems. And if you watch some movies was made on him and documentaries, him and Kiyoki would fight, you know, back and forth. And um, Michael just kind of was, at that moment, was just kind of lost. I mean, he really was. And, you know, if you think half of, the entertainers and the celebrities in the world if they were not to touch drugs and alcohol abuse who knows you know what will really become of them you know what i mean who knows I mean, I can say this before I sum up everything. I don't have any kids yet, but if I had a daughter like Gia, I would throw her butt into rehab where she would think rehab was her middle name. Okay? Um, Because that's one thing I'm going to do on my podcast soon coming up. I'm feeling it, Whitney Houston and her daughter, and hey... I mean I just know that how my parents raised me and other people I know and I mean if you if you love your kid you know you you, you got to give them, you got to give them get them all the help that you can and some people they do the best they can do and maybe Jill was just going too far and her mom could not just help her because her mom in the end was her biggest supportive person um, they said that Gia got what she wanted in the end and I really believe she died happy in a way because her mom was by her bedside from what I heard and saw and remember you know from television and documentaries and things and yeah Kathleen her mother was by her bedside and she always wanted her mother attention but due to the fact of her childhood with her mom and dad fighting constantly and her mother leaving and coming and going and finally moving out you know she didn't you know get the chance to but yeah i mean i uh hope you all really enjoyed my podcast today thank you again for listening thank you for um the lovely comments downloads views likes Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for the love. Thank you for caring. I appreciate you. You are wonderful. Thank you so much. And I really appreciate what I do. Thank you so much. Um, Until next time, take care of yourself. Remember you are loved. And I'll talk to you soon. So long.